Welcome to the Art of Floundering Podcast. I want to wish you nothing but peace and love. Peace and love. This is the Art of Floundering Podcast. Welcome to episode 4 in our Countdown to Soon series, where we attempt to document, quote, life following a traumatic accident. The title of this episode is Reality. As a quick summation of the previous episodes, at this point in my journey, it was somewhere February of 2017, and I was going to go simply have the hardware removed. This was supposed to be pretty basic, and afterwards I was told that all the pain and that I was feeling and lack of mobility would suddenly go away because it's all been the loose hardware. Keep in mind, I was down to 105 pounds. I was unable to do anything. I wasn't working. I couldn't take care of myself. I couldn't navigate anything. I was wearing adult diapers because I couldn't make it to the bathroom, even if it was like a number one. If I had to take a leak and grab those little urinal things, couldn't make it. So I had adult diapers on during this time. Anyway, it was pretty bad time. So I woke up from this surgery. And and I'm thinking to myself, well, it hurts like hell, but this might be all over. I might be able to finally start coming back from this. Doctor says, hey, man, we, we, uh, I saw something that looked funny in there. Everything else he tells me looked okay when he took the hardware out, but he took a culture and it came back with, uh, I had a bone infection. And then he goes, gee whiz, this is pro, he goes, this is probably what's been causing all the problems with your blood work this entire time. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, do you figure? And once again, I'm over this, but this particular medical outfit was really slow to stop pointing the finger at me and to start doing something besides blaming me for any kind, any time I came in there with an issue. So I go, okay, so what's the treatment? Uh, You just give me some antibiotics, a prescription? He goes, no. What we're going to do is we're going to slice, he doesn't say slice, we're going to cut me open to the spine, whatever the medical term is for filleting you open from stem to stern imagine your back filleted to the spine and they go okay after you clean it out you close it up he goes no 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 we let it close on its own so i'm gonna walk around or attempt to walk around with a an open wound all the way to my spine he goes well you won't be able to really move around much man in fact it's not advisable at least for the first six weeks They gave me this thing called a wound vac, which like sucks up dead tissue and stuff and it's supposed to, you know, speed up the healing. Now I was in the hospital for about four weeks, getting IV stuff, and my mom luckily is a retired nurse practitioner. Because when they sent me home, if my mom wasn't there, they wouldn't have sent me home because I require 24-hour care. Wasn't able to get up. Wasn't able to do the basics. My mom, I, God love her, she saved me. But she would just sat there and gave me IV medication. It was like four or five times a day, man. It was it, it had to be kept at a certain temperature. God, I'm having flashbacks just talking about it. So that was life so far. And I thought, okay, you know, maybe this wound will will close up to the point where, um, you know, I could uh, rejoin life. Something else happened. 
So I was having all kinds of problems with this wound. Number one, where I was at pain level is nothing to where I'm at today, but was pretty bad. And I was unable to walk or sit. At this point, they were pretty much saying, that's going to be the best. Maybe with the right equipment, you might be able to sit again. They just were kind of throwing in the towel with me, dude, after this bone infection. After this bone infection, I felt like they were just trying to get rid of me. Like, nothing could be done. Please stop coming here. Which I would have gladly done. Tell you a quick story. So, that summer of 2017, I was going to attempt to go back to work after the 4th of July holiday. Okay. So, if I remember correctly, it was over a weekend or it was on a Monday or something. So, the Friday before 4th of July, I go to my surgeon and I say, I'm having a lot of problems with this wound. It's causing me a lot of pain. It feels like it's on fire, man. And there's like this huge bump going on back there. And he goes, well, it's nothing. And if you think, you know, I'm going to give you pain meds. And once again, these guys had a real thing. I've never asked them for pain medication. But they had a real thing. He hated it. He thought every complaint with pain was a way to get pain medication. And I had made the mistake. See, the reason why he kept bringing it up is I had made the mistake very early on in all this. When he was talking about the first surgery and pain management. I say, hey, look, you don't have to worry about me. I've had issues with pills before. So, you know, once I'm checked out of the hospital, man, I expect to be able to manage pain without requiring a pharmaceutical intervention. And if I do, I, I'll go to I'll go to my other doctor who specializes. I made the mistake and I said he specializes in pain and addiction medicine. And he does. And he and he and I'm going to have this guy on when I talk about pain. I'm, uh, I'm going to do an episode on pain. I'll, I'll do a deep dive how he helped me through this. But anyway, basically he sent me on my way. And I don't remember much that weekend. You see, at the time, he was giving me gabapentin. And he would get on my ass if I didn't take it. And I kept telling him, I said, this stuff is making me fall asleep. He goes, ah, you're just trying to get narcotics. I said, I'm not trying to get narcotics. I'm telling you this is bad news. So I didn't. So there were times when I would take gabapentin that I would just go to sleep standing up and fall down. So many of my falls are gabapentin related. Seriously. A lot of my falls were because of that freaking gabapentin or neurotin. Everybody's different once again. For me, that's how it impacted me. Now, okay, so it's the 4th of July weekend. I still have the wound back. My mom just left. I still, I'm thinking maybe I can go back to work now, even with the wound back. I was, you know, I with this mega stuff, I can kind of sort of halfway get there and all this kind of stuff. So anyway... After the doctor says, hey, no, can't, you know, everything's fine. Go on your way. Now, I got to slow down because this story will piss me off. So let's slow down. I see him on a Friday. I point to a problem with my wound. He tells me it's not a problem, that I'm not going to get pain meds. I tell him I don't want pain meds, but the pain is out of control. He says, then just, it's, you lost too much weight because you don't listen to what we say, of course, is what he said. And then just take that gabapentin and you should be fine. 
So this is what happened. A real good friend of mine and his wife who helped me through phase one of this journey stopped by to check on me and they said, hey, we haven't heard from you in a couple days. And like I said, I was in and out of it. And I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. And they go, you don't look well. We need to call you an ambulance. I said, look, I, 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 all I need to do is go back to sleep. I've got a couple days before I'm supposed to go back to work, which was like a Monday or a Tuesday, right? And so I said, I, for the sake of this, I, so I said, hey, look, it's a, it's a couple days, you know, before Tuesday's here. And they go, they go, hey, man, it's Thursday. So I had I had missed the entire weekend in, the, in that part of the week. And I was delirious. I wasn't thinking straight. They had called an ambulance. When I found out, I flipped out. You can't do this to me, I'm telling them. I, I'm just, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to go back to work. I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to lose this house. I'm going to lose everything. You're, you know, and I was just deranged. The paramedics get there, and at first I was pushing. They go, look, dude, you've, you've got a 104-degree temperature. We think your infection's gone septic if, if you don't come. So I went and had a 104-degree temperature, double pneumonia. So I'm in ICU. The next morning, the, the back doctor, the surgeon, that told me it was no problem. He's with interns. And he's got, or residents, whatever. But he's got the cock of the walk going. And they're, I'm just going to say it, there are attractive female doctors that were with him. And he was, to me, trying to impress them, you know, with his alphadom. So he immediately goes, he right first thing out of his mouth, boy, your blood work looks like shit, just like before. And I said, I said, hey, you know, last time you told me something like that, it turned out to be a bone infection. So instead of immediately jumping to thinking I did something, wrong can we talk about this wound and then this blew my mind he goes i'll tell you what happened you were mad that i wouldn't prescribe narcotics so you went to your house after the appointment and started smoking the pot i wasn't doing medical marijuana but this guy was like you know so you got high and drunk and i I haven't drank since 2010 and um and you passed out face first and you couldn't breathe and that's why you got the double pneumonia and this was this guy's you know and he was trying to impress these with some kind of lecture needless to say I I I lost it I told him I said hey man you have no fucking sorry for the language you have no fucking idea what I've been through um, and for you to come in here and, and start pulling that when 90% of what I'm dealing is because of a bone infection that you guys not only gave me, but missed all this time. So he got in a huff and, 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 and he kind of left. As he left, one of the residents said, could I look at what you were talking about? And she looked, she goes, oh my God. The thing that the doctor told me at the appointment was just bone sticking out was an abscess. And it had burst, creating another huge wound in my back. Had this guy taken the trouble to examine me before he did his diagnosis? So there were two, there were two things put in the medical, what he wrote up, and then what another doctor wrote up. It, you know, he wrote up this cockamamie bullshit, and this other guy goes, this guy's got an abscess, and you know, so. Anyway, I was pretty upset. But I still thought, maybe I can get away from this doctor, you know? All I gotta do is get this wound closed, because I couldn't walk yet. But I thought once the wound closed, all this pain would go away, and I'd be able to walk. That's what I thought. Then a funny thing happened. 
this was July, August, I was trying to tie shoes and I fell. Not fell, I slipped out of a, like a like a small stool and my butt hit the ground. It must have landed eight inch fall and it caused a f- another fracture of T11. An ambulance had to come to my house and take me to the hospital, blah, blah. So they take me to the hospital. Of course, they don't really help you. They dope you up to the point and they go, it's broken, you need a surgeon, bye. So once again, I'm back in this guy's queue, and um, they do something called a kyphoplasty, which is instead of like, you know, a fusion, they shoot semen. Now I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, that kyphoplasty, ever since that surgery, I've been bad. And I kept going to him going, this is bad, this is bad. And then, I'll be honest with you, he stopped at this point, he stopped with the accusing me of wanting dope and I think he started realizing that I had a lot of problems because here we are my bone mass which was totally fine going into the surgery now after their best it's to the point now where I'm slipping out of a chair so now I'm told well we can't you know after all this was done you know, I would just have to suck it up and take this stuff called Forteo for two years. And then and then they would do another test and then see if they can help me. So I was sitting there going like, I can't walk. My wound's not closed. And, you know, I'm not able to go to work. And, uh, you know, now it's two more years of this. Okay, it's 2017. Now we're into the holidays. It's Christmas Eve. I've been progressively getting worse and worse and worse. At this point, I'd given up going to any doctors because I wasn't getting any help. I was on my own by myself. And I learned something from this, by the way. After this, I got, after this moment, I got a roommate. But going into this, it just, I felt like I had the flu and I was going to try to return back to work, you know, for the holidays. And I figure, okay, you know, I can start some income, get get over this. Remember, I got no pay coming in. Now, because I'm, I've got a family medical leave number, I still have my job, but I've exhausted all my, uh, you know, vacation and sick time. I've exhausted all of it. And now I, you know, but the bills are still there and, um, you know, they're not going anywhere. Plus there's now medical bills. And then every other day there's some other thing, other equipment. This guy was a champ at, you know, these braces and stuff. There was this one brace I got fitted for the copay was 3,500, you know, it's crazy. So I'm stressing, so I don't go see the doctors, but then I'm figuring, oh God, I got the flu. Maybe it'll be okay. Maybe it'll be okay. And this is what happened. We got to the point where my wound, it had been almost a year. And they finally said, you know what, this last little bit, yes. You know, I didn't have to have the wound back, but I just wanted this thing dealt with. So I was sent to a plastic surgeon. And this is in December 2017. And, you know, it was an impatient deal. You know, but they put you under general so and anesthesia, so I had to have somebody drive me back. But I started getting real sick after that. After a couple of days, I called the doctor up. I said, man, my stomach's bad. Everything's jacked up. He goes, ooh, stop taking your antibiotic. I didn't realize, but I had what is common to people. Too many antibiotics were the, it was killing the, the good bacteria in my stomach. So I was rushed to the ER, and I was admitted to the ICU with something called C. diff. 
right? So on top of the back, I got this bizarre ass seat, which was horrific. And on it was like I'll never forget this. It was like uh, I was admitted on Christmas Eve, like at noon. Uh, it was the day after Christmas, the 26th. This guy comes in to take my blood, and he reeks of booze and smoke from a party, and I'm puking like there's no tomorrow, and I tell the dude, I said, look, I'm cool, but this may be one of those days you say you don't feel well because, man, you just reek of booze, and somebody may complain. But anyway, I was in that hospital for... Um, through the new year I get back to my house I'm not working my daughter hates me she's not living with me now my health is just horrendous I'm in the worst amount of pain I can't move and I'm told from the surgeon it's supposed to help me take Forteo for two years while my entire life falls apart it was dark dark times and it was at that time that I started thinking about killing myself. It was not out of depression. It was out of anger. It was like I didn't want to die, but I knew I couldn't live like the way I was living. And I was like, I didn't have any hope of that ever going away. I was, everybody was telling me just fucking get used to it. And it was so hard. It was so hard. And I had, I had nothing on my side. I had no income. My, my relationship with, I mean, career was gone. People from work were not talking to me. It was a thing. They were told not to talk to me. You know, so it was like, you know, people I had worked with for 20 years, you know, friends. I fought, you know, and uh, just nowhere. It was ghosted. And I, I'm not angry. It's just the way it is, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm doing, I made this bed, by the way. And I'll do, I'll do, I'm going to do some ownership things i own all this i'm not a victim here i want to make that very clear but i'm giving you an assessment that not one phase of my life was good there's nothing i could turn to it was all fucked up and i was just getting the messaging that i was a piece of shit so here i am you know just getting killed um by karma i get home finally and there's a letter from my former father-in-law saying you better be able to pay for college for your daughter i'm like you gotta be fucking kidding me man really you know this so i uh that's how i took it once again i was kind of in a victim mode and i and i started thinking about having maybe an accident in my car i, I, I want what well, however it was going to happen i wanted it to be an accident so my daughter can get my life insurance quickly i mean quickly there was going to be nothing to leave her it's amazing how fast one could lose a, a quote lifetime of of hard work but um so it was dark so we're into 2018 now i'm still not working i have no clue you know i'm barely on top of things but i've exhausted retirement everything I'm down to like my last thousand dollars. Um, there is no plan to get better. There's no plan to return to work. There's my daughter's anger, everything. And, you know, in my house, it was like my bedroom. You know, I had like the main bedroom with a bathroom attached to it. You know, this is almost like Elvis, but I fell off the toilet, which is not unusual. I did that a lot. But as and what I'm going to describe is not unusual. I had cracked as I landed. I I landed on my right shoulder, but my I must have landed funny on my nose because it was just the tile was covered in blood. 
and I was just kind of like laying in the tile looking at the blood. I was in pain and I was just, it was just kind of a, a moment where everything kind of stood still. And up until this point, I had pretty much been the victim in all this and just kind of whining, not accepting what reality is. Reality is my company is not going to back me up. I'm not, this is, if I, if workman's comp isn't, it, it's not going to happen. They're going to fight it tooth and nail. Reality is this injury is real. This pain is real. I may never be able to work again. I may never be able to walk, sit in a chair again, function as an adult male. My penis was not working at this time, okay? And so all those things. When I said there are no phases, no phases of my life, everything was, the message I was getting back from the universe was like, you're a piece of shit. And so as I was laying there, it was weird. It's hard for me to describe. But it was almost like I could have let go and died right there. Probably couldn't, but that's just the way I felt. I felt like, yeah, I could let go and, and, and die. But I remember as I was doing this, and once again, this the my bedroom is attached to the bathroom, and the door was closed, but you can still see light coming underneath it. And it must have been the way the wind was blowing outside, but the light kind of vibrated flickered a little bit and at that moment it was almost like I was transported somehow I couldn't quite see it but I can hear it was my brother and others that were just mumbling I could distinctly hear my brother's voice and it was some sort of wake or something for my funeral and I remember there it was all like so pathetic everybody everybody that was talking to my brother was like it was so sad it was so sad it was so sad like and I was like I don't I this has been sad you know no doubt you know the past umpt you know a couple of years getting to that point have been sad I have lost a lot and I do look like a person that has been beat up and needs a lot of help but I didn't want to go out that way sad just this you know beaten lost given up we're all gonna die but I was going out without really fighting, without really giving it a shot. Up until this point, I just took all the bad news from the doctors at face value. I didn't push back. I didn't say, fuck you, I'll show you. That's who I am. I just was not who... So I... I just made a decision as I was laying there that I'll, I'll try to, to do everything I can to carve out something. And right there, laying on the floor in that pool of blood, it's like I made it's like I intuitively told myself, you're going to have to lower your expectations, but you're going to have to work your ass off just to get to lower expectations. And I, right there, I said, there's a lot we got to work on. It was not just the, the, the physical. I knew I had to see a shrink. And I, I decided, right, that we're going to, I don't care what it costs. I don't care about, I, fuck it. I'm going to figure this out. And I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to try to, to not play a victim and to, to just push back. And, and, and if a doctor says it can't be done to not believe that, that kind of thing. It was a gut check reality moment. And the reality is, and it's an unpleasant reality sometimes. This isn't true per se, but it was really up to me. No one was going to be proactive and find another doctor. 
nobody was going to do anything. I, you know, I was going to have to, I was, you know, on my own to figure this one out. At the same time, there was a lot of work ahead of me. And we'll talk about that in the next episode is, quote, don't call this a comeback will be the title. But we'll talk about how I had a little bit of a renaissance in this journey. But for now, we're going to go ahead and leave it at now because I want to keep these at a certain time frame. Once again, this is Will Dick with the Art of Floundering podcast. We, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We stream on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as well as audio, you know, just like a podcast without the video on Podbeam. Now, copies of all of our podcasts can be found on Podbeam, iHeartRadio, Spotify, etc., etc., etc. Copies of our, our uh, episodes can be found on YouTube. If you're listening to this podcast, I encourage you to check out our YouTube page. We do videos, animation, crazy stuff. You'll see. Today's date is the 29th of August, 2022. I am under 30 days from my surgery, and we're going to keep doing as many episodes in this series leading up to the surgery. As far as life after the surgery, I sincerely don't know. When I moved to Colorado, I was trying to get some help from family so I didn't have to wind up in assisted living centers. I never anticipated there was a surgery out there that could help me, that I would get that surgery, and that people recover from that surgery, and that I could have my independence. So I got a long way to go, and there's a lot of things that you know we're not there yet. But if everything goes to plan, I may get past this, and I don't have a plan. I put all my marbles on just getting here. So it's what they call a Cadillac problem. But once again, right now I'm still in the middle of it. Just like anybody else that's in this, quote, space, this chronic pain, chronic illness space. It is for real. And it takes a toll. It takes a toll on the individual, their families, their caretakers, and anybody that comes into contact with them. This is an insidious thing. So... I want to do it justice, but I also, it does not have to be a life sentence. It sucks. It sucks. And it feels like the rules, the regulations are set up for you to never get help. I can't do anything about that, but I think there's ways that we could make it more tolerable. So I hope in the future when I get past this that I, I could help others that are in this situation I'm in, not cure their issue, not make their pain go away, but give them something that, that, that helps pass the time. With that said, from parts unknown, Colorado, this is the Art of Floundering Podcast. Wishing each and every one of you nothing but peace and love. This concludes another episode from the Art of Floundering podcast. We hope that you will like, follow, subscribe, and review. You can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Podbeam, or wherever you download your super-duper peachy keen favorite podcast. On behalf of the Art of Floundering podcast... I want to wish each and every one of you nothing but peace and love.